Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit and chat with Dave Kunin of The Killers. Um, it's a wonderful chat, and it's coming your way very, very soon. Just before we get on with that lovely natter, um, a few thank yous. So, uh, a thank you to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Huge thanks to uh, Ben at the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast, um, who facilitated this interview and introduced me. So um, the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast is a really, really, if you like this podcast, you'll love that as well. It's, uh, it's long-form interviews with, with, with great bands and musicians, so go check them out. Um, also, I'd like to thank 76 for producing this podcast. Um, and who's doing a stellar job at the moment because, you know, we're still in lockdown and we're still a bit funny about going back to studios. And and obviously, you know, today's guest is is in San Diego, uh, not in an overcast Essex. So, you know, the the thoughts of facilitating this in a studio were were slim to none. So... um, He's he's got lots of kind of Zoom audio to play with seventy six, and he's he's doing a great job, at, you know, ensuring that you get a nice warm podcast to listen to. Um, if this is your first time listening to Off the Beat and Track, then once you've uh, finished this uh, episode with Dave, then um, go and have a look in the archives because you can hear me talking to um, all kinds of uh, actors musicians, DJs, producers, as di- you know, artists as diverse as, where do we start? Butch Vig, um, uh, the producer, uh, also speak to DJs such as Fatboy Slim, Fed Legrand, um, and then we speak to bands such as, where do we start? Foo Fighters, uh, Motley Crue. Um, go and have a look. I'm not going to sit here and list them because there's about 300, so go and have a look. And if you like your comedy, then uh, you can hear me chatting to Ed Gamble, James Acaster. There's loads of, of, of great comedians on the podcast as well. Just a really big bundle of um, wonderfully talented, um, friendly chats uh, with, yeah, splendid creative people. I think we're ready for the chat. Um, oh, oh, there's a Patreon if you'd like to support the podcast there. Um, you can find out about everything to do with this podcast at your one-stop shop, which is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Anyway, that's not why you're here. This is why you're here. So please enjoy today's episode of Off The Beat and Track Podcast with Dave Cunin. Sorry, I've interrupted the podcast, but with good reason. 
Hotel Chocolat are our sponsors. You know that now because I tell you about it every episode. But they've been super kind now. And you may have heard me talking about the products from the Cacao Bar and there's gins, cream liqueurs, all sorts of wonderful chocolatey goodies. Um, And what they've done is they've set a page up on the website that you can go to. And all you've got to do is just for you off the beaten track listeners, go over there, answer a question, and you could win the full range delivered to your front door. I mean, that's kind of them. All you have to do is go to this place, hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. That's OTBT as in off the beaten track podcast. Hotelchocolat.com forward slash OTBT podcast. Go get your grubby little mitts on some deliciously chocolatey drinks, courtesy of our sponsors, Hotel Chocolat. I'll get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Uh, how you doing, Dave? I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I can't complain. The weather's pretty good in San Diego all the time, so. Lovely, lovely. Right. Well, in, in regards to, 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 well, before we start anything, actually, and uh, we start talking records, um, just, I mean, recording this at the beginning of, of, of May, uh, I just want to ask you how you found the last 14 months as both Dave human being and Dave creative. Okay. Well, yeah, the, on one hand, the pandemic itself, I actually didn't mind at all. Like as far as being like having to stay home and things being canceled, I thrive in that role of oh no i i i can't leave my house so i can my only choice is to work on music or watch tv or play video games too bad <laughs> so I, I i i excelled in that um that was not a problem and i, and I used that time to work on music pretty much the whole time and finish this record on the outside world which i watched mostly through the tv that was uh, much more discouraging and, uh, you know, on multiple levels. So that was tough to watch, but uh, I think it was for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, kind of, I, I, I myself was okay, but I, I felt bad and discouraged for a lot of the stuff I saw. Well, let's uh, let's stay positive and let's 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 talk records. And Dave, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> the cats arrived. Amazing. The cats arrived. <laughs> I have more privacy in my office. <laughs> okay. Um, for track one, Dave, I'm going to ask you uh, the song that you think has the greatest ever intro, please. Um, this was a tough one to pick, and after thinking about it. Do you want to go with my honorable mentions first? Yeah, yeah. I, because I, I could be swayed on any of these. You can't sit on the laptop. All right. Um, Stairway to Heaven was what I first thought. Mm-hmm. Like, just a, it's a famous intro. Yep. Like, that everybody knows, and you know, a lot of good stuff's coming. Thunderstruck, it's got a heck of a good intro. As, as a guitar player, I just love that thing. Uh, also, Sweet Child of Mine is an obvious choice. A great guitar intro. Um, but I picked Johnny Be Good. Oh, wonderful. 
Yeah, it's just, you know, that's just a classic guitar lick, and it's kind of his signature thing. He he starts several songs with a similar lick, but, um, you know, Johnny McGood is his, probably his, his signature thing for that kind of thing. Well, I'm aware that I'm sitting opposite someone that's wrote one of the most iconic intros, uh, guitar intros of all time, uh, which, which is a, a, an absolute pleasure to be having this conversation. Um, mm. But as you're approaching writing uh, or finishing the, 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 the new record, um, what I want to ask you is, is way back when you was writing the, the first Killers record and stuff like that, how... I mean, the way that people listen to music then was far different to how people listen to music now. Uh, and by that, I mean, we're looking at, I watch how my children consume their media now, and it's very fast-moving thumbs, and attention spans mm-hmm. seem to be getting shorter and shorter. Uh, and we're seeing kind of big commercial pop records getting, literally having, like, every bit of sort of fat taken off the bone. To, to, to give you these kind of like two minute sand bites of, of pop. I just wonder, you know, over the time that you've, you've been in, in, in music, do these kind of changes in how people consume their music and, and, and things like that. And, and the, the sort of formulas and the science behind, you know, how pop music should be made. Does that ever find its way through to your songwriting process? A little bit. Do you know I, where I'm I mean, going with that question, Dave? Sorry. It was, I, I was round about the houses a bit. No, I 110% know what you're talking about, and I'm ashamed to say that it has affected my thought at all, but I don't know how it can affect any artist right now. Just that at least crosses your mind. The like, okay, I've made this song. I like the way it is. Not going to let anyone affect my art or whatever. And then, But then when you hit play, you have to start thinking about how long before people skip. So that doesn't mean that like every song that I certainly most of my songs weren't affected, but yeah, I'm aware of that. Um, And I think overall music, I think it's going to take a while, but it is going to have a very negative impact that, that eventually catches up to the evolution of music because I remember being at a club a while ago. It's similar, but the guy was doing this style of DJ where he was playing like, a minute and a half of songs and then he'd play one song and then, and then like mix it up with the dance. And then he would just come in with like a chorus of like one song from the eighties and then quit. And I'm like, no man, you don't, I mean, people in the club might know that chorus or they might sing along to it, but you're missing the whole point yeah. of everything before that was set up to reward you with the chorus and yeah. the verse and all the other stuff. And, and it's not supposed to just be here it is. And then another one, another one, it's going to, uh, if soon everyone's just going to open up with the chorus, which already I've heard some people do. And, mm. and I know why, because of the, uh, they're afraid of skipping, but it's like, go. And then right into the chorus layer, we got to give you the very best, most hooky thing right away. But then you're going to have a bunch of uh, people just clicking on and going, Oh, chorus for a second. Oh, cool. And the next song chorus, uh, it's like, they're just going to start discarding all of it. It's yeah. all just going to become, not as valuable from one song to the next yeah. just gonna like get a few choruses and then i don't know it's, uh, uh, there's value in the journey isn't there like as you said like the, the chorus is the payoff and and the the tracks that you mentioned you know like stay out heaven and thunderstruck and uh and and, and i guess uh the, the guns and roses track as well like 
they take their time to get going. Certainly the first two, like, there's no instant, like, you've got to wait for it with them records. And then when you get it, ah, oh, it delivers. And I think there's there's so much value in that journey. And that's that's the little thing that I, I, I worry about. I worry about it a lot. Um, and I, I just started kind of rediscovering Led Zeppelin this last year. Because I felt like for some reason I never gave them a proper chance. I think because I've heard their hits so much that their hits are some of my least favorite stuff, except for Stairway. Mm. But some of the like the Black Dog and the Whole Lot of Love, I feel like I've heard that a zillion times, and I just didn't have any desire to listen to their records. And then during the pandemic, I was like, man, I am way overdue for this. So I really dug into Zeppelin, and Mm. there's a whole bunch of stuff I love, Um, and. I made some like compilation CDs just for myself and all this other stuff, but they, a lot of their stuff has long intros. Yeah. Like in the light is one of my favorites. And that takes like five minutes to get into. So thank God that they're, they have nothing to worry about. They're Led Zeppelin, they're big band, but um, I don't know how that band would, would, would go this time around. Um, You know, there's, there's, there's bands that can do it. They just got to be respected and, and people got to give them a chance. You know, Radiohead could probably do this kind of thing. A lot of bands could, but, but now band, I guess it's harder for bands that are just starting out because you're trying to get the attention of uh, so many people who've got so many choices and yes. of music and, and other things to do. So I don't know. It's, it's rough. Well, I'm going to take you back uh, for track two. And I'm going to ask you for the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please, Dave. I had to think about this one. Um, and I chose Thriller Amazing. by Michael Jackson. Because I was really young, and that was probably the first song that, like, I didn't know I was going to be a musician, and maybe I didn't, but I, lo- I just loved, it made me love music so much, and... uh you know, I got the whole record and uh, that song has like, gives me chills or in, at the time, just like it's got a little bit of everything. It's like strangely scary if you're if you're a kid, which I was at the time, like six. But, um, you know, just the great main line of it, the bass line and everything. Um, it just really had an impact on me. Oh, I gave In the Air Tonight an honorable men- mention. <laughs> I mean, you've got to wait a long while for the payoff on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I think the, the, but I think Thriller was the first song that really did oh, it for me. And what would that emotion have been? I don't know. It was like excitement, I guess. And like, I just thought it was music. I didn't know music could be so good, you know. And uh, that Thriller album was one of the best albums ever. And just made me get into all music at that time. Yeah. I think that the, 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 I mean, when I was at school, when that come out, there was like a a VHS copy of like the making of thriller that was sort of being passed around. And if you, if you managed to get your hands on it for like an evening, it was just the most exciting thing you'd ever seen. It was, you know, just, and, and seeing Michael Jackson and seeing the dancing and I mean, his voice is ridiculous. Ridiculous! It's so good, yeah. Michael Jackson's voice. And then, yeah, and there was just something about. Well, obviously, it went on to be one of the biggest selling records of all time. But I, 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 for me, there was just a 
a huge array of emotions to that. I was a little bit scared of it. You know? I know. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no. Well, especially when you watch the video. Yeah. You know, as a, as a kid, I remember being a little scared. <laughs> okay. Right. So for track three, let's stay in those, th- those early years. Uh, I'm going to ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. I actually took the time. I have a few I could pick from, but I did one for elementary, middle school, and high school. Cool. Because um, I get, you know, I have certain songs like for elementary, I picked another Michael Jackson one, Beat It and and then Eat It by Weird Al, because I got into Weird Al. <laughs> I got into Weird Al right at the time when I was like a kid too, because that was that was fun for me to listen to his stuff. And that takes me back. Middle school, Janie's Got a Gun um, by Aerosmith. I love that song. And it really got Aerosmith uh, like kind of back yeah. on the map again. And uh, I, I was just super into that pump record. Such and a great high, record. I know. Um, yeah, I, I wrote down a few. Eternal Flame by the Bengals reminds me of eighth grade, not because I listened to it, just because it was played constantly at yeah. dances and everything. And um, high school, I have Teen Spirit and Cherub Rock. All oh, right, okay. So you know, were they were they both produced by Butch Vig? I think they were. Yeah, yeah. How about that. Yeah. Um, I mean, how much? I mean, first of all, before we get onto that record, like, how, how was school? Did you enjoy your time at school? Um, depends which year. Every some years were better than others. I. I didn't always love some of my high school. I just wanted to get the heck out of there, um, which is weird, sad because as soon as it's over, I like wished I would have done it all differently. Sure. But most of high school, I was just practicing guitar and <clears throat> trying to mind my own business because uh, I didn't like being there. Did but uh, I regretted that years later that like you'd never get that opportunity ever again to hang out with certain people. And then, you know, most, at least most of the people you go to high school with, you'll never see again. Yeah. Uh, some you'll see around town and you'll keep in touch with your close friends and that's it. You said you was playing guitar a lot and minding your own business. Did, did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Yeah. I mean, a guitar player, that's all I wanted to do. And if it wasn't that I was going to, you know, just, deliver newspapers or something i didn't care <laughs> i mean you tick that box <laughs> you, you, you achieved your goal so that's uh that's a good start and i mean moving on a little bit from aerosmith to i'm, I'm imagining the more sort of important years of us you know of defining you know i guess it's them later years where you you sort of you find your tribe and and i guess it, that, those times in the kind of early to mid nineties, when what we called in the UK grunge as well, like when that happened, I mean, how important was that for you to be able to kind of, you know, look at people that didn't look like pop stars that looked like Kurt, that looked like Billy Corgan, you know, how, how was that? And to hear the kind of passion and the anger in what they were doing and, and, and kind of almost certainly Kurt kind of, singing for the the weird and the wonderful you know tribes yeah well i'm i'm glad that i was around and 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 it was in high school when it was happening because it's such a 
big era, an important turning point in music that, you know, I feel old that a lot of the 20 year olds there, they weren't even alive for that. So they don't have no idea what I'm talking about, but um, it really changed everything. Um, one, his, the music was so great. But also it was like, oh, yeah, duh, we you can sound like this because music was getting a little stiff towards the end of the 80s in regards to some things with rock. And, um, you know, he kind of made all the labels go oh, kind of rethink everything. Yeah. Um, and not just signing bands that sounded like grunge, but taking a chance on a lot of other, you know, bands and singer songwriters that all of a sudden there was like a whole variety of music that wasn't there before. Um, I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I think in, in, in regards to, to, to Nevermind, that I, that I kind of put somewhere to the side of you know, as much as I love the Pearl Jam, Sand Gardens, Tads, and you know all, all of the kind of bands that come from that era, and, and, and Pumpkins, Nevermind is the perfect pop record as well. Every single song, you know, as as a, as a rock DJ, uh, is something I've done for a long, long time. You can play any track from Nevermind, yeah. and it and it's just made for the dance floor. It's Every chorus, he's brilliant. Every chorus, he's, there's so many hooks, so many melodies. It's a brilliant pop record, and it's obviously raucous and loud and angry as well. I just think it is a, a perfect record. It is. It is. I I agree. It's a perfect record, and um, yeah, I was listening to like uh, like Aerosmith and other stuff before because there were some great um rock that came before it but this was like a whole different way of thinking yeah and uh yeah that that record was great and then shortly after that came siamese dream and a bunch of other yeah good stuff yeah oh siamese dream what a record that is as well yeah okay for a track four 
the first record you remember buying from a record store, please? Down. I've already mentioned Michael Jackson, but I think my, the first one was Billy Joel and Innocent Man. Okay. And Thriller had to have been second, if not the same day. Um, but those are the first two cassettes that I bought. In, in regards to Michael Jackson, and I've done probably 300 episodes of this podcast now, and, and, and it's impossible for, you know, for people not to mention Michael Jackson because he, obviously he's Michael Jackson, he's huge. And one of the questions that I, when people mention that I like to ask is, in regards to Michael Jackson's music now, and we should obviously clear up the fact that, you know, he's never been found guilty of anything. But can you listen to Michael Jackson records now? Can you separate the kind of rumours and the myths from the music? I guess I have to. Um, I don't want to talk too much about that because, like, I don't know what happened. And if sure, I'm supposed I, I certainly don't condone any of this stuff or mean to be insensitive sure. to those who might be ticked, but... Well, one, he's dead. Yeah. So the music is just notes and chords and a, a dead guy's vocal and, you know, Eddie Van Halen's solo on Beat It. Sure. You know, these are undeniably great things. Yeah. Um, I can understand why if some people don't want to listen to it, I don't listen to it every day. But if it's, sure. but I, but I, these are my memories of before they were tainted and the music was good then, and unfortunately, it's still good now. I don't really know how else to say it. I, I think you said it perfectly. I completely agree with, with with you on that. That's exactly my stance on it as well. Um, and in regards to sort of record stores, as as you got into playing guitar uh, and, and and forming bands and such, did record stores become kind of important places for you? Very, very important. I've, I've been thinking about this a lot because. I saw High Fidelity on HBO just uh, a couple of days ago. And I, I watched that last week again. <laughs> yeah, I know. And my favorite stuff actually is not the love story part of it. I just like the record store. Part oh, of it. incredible. Because, you know, that's fun. And I remember going, I actually lived in Chicago and uh, I used to always go to this record store like two or three times a week. That was very similar, if not even based on that record store. And I just, I loved the vibe. I loved that there was like a guy at the counter that was like maybe a little snooty and I, I loved it, but cause it was like a little intimidating, but sometimes I would try and listen to what he was saying or see what his picks were <laughs> or, or whatever. I was always embarrassed to sell certain CDs, but then I'm also like, well, that's why I'm selling them. See, because I don't yeah. want them anymore. But he would be like, Oh, that's disgraceful. You, you that you are, you owned this willingly, you know, like, there was so much of that and um but i really desperately miss it and there was always posters everywhere and uh, so much music you would discover just by walking around yeah that it's a little it, you know now you discover music in in different ways by like clicking on one link to another or or however you do it cuz there's but i just miss going into record stores and that whole experience and when i was growing up i would mow lawns and then i would have like 50 bucks at the end of the week which is enough for like three cds and i would it would be a fun day i would like spend like two hours like walking around and deciding which they were going to be and um 
and then those are the three I would have for the week. And, you know, I would listen to each record a lot, you know, so I knew every song on that album because I didn't, you know, there was no internet, no Spotify, no skipping around. Um, And maybe I didn't know that other people even then weren't, weren't like me, but I would always listen to the album in its entirety several times. Would you look at the sleeve notes while you was listening to it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's something, you know, I don't, I don't want us to sound like kind of granddads here talking about how it was back in the day, but there is something lovely about album artwork and being able to kind of read the sleeve notes and stuff like that. I think that's something that is lost now. And I think that's, that's the sad part of it. No, I know. Well, I was going through that with my own, making my own album right now because I was like, well, how much detail should I put into this? The cover is the most important part because that'll be online when you find it. The rest will just be for the few people who buy the physical. Mm. And I chose not to have a booklet because, well, one, that's just extra money. And I don't think most people who even buy the physical would necessarily appreciate the booklet. So there's there's artwork. It's a there's extra, you know, fold out if it's like a so there's artwork and there's stuff to see but there's no booklet because frankly for most people that's probably a waste of money at this point listen up i've only got another new sponsor egg fried it's this super cool clothing label and if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of asian culture and and the designers kind of weird sense of humor in the mix and you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. I'm going to sort of uh, move things forward now, and for track five, I'm going to ask you uh, for the song that soundtracked your years clubbing. Oh, I had trouble with this one. I wrote down some stuff, though. I the Well, one... I don't know. I never went clubbing that often, but in college I would go to bars and I'm so nine inch nails closer was probably the song I remember most from that era. Yeah. You know, um, cool song at the time. It was like, seemed very ahead of its time. Um, you know, before there was like any EDM or anything like that. So, uh, that was a fun song when it came on. Um, I wrote down others that don't really fit, but I remember I always start spreading the news by Sinatra was what they would always play when they wanted you to go home. Yeah, that, that's a big and thing I, in the UK too, man. <laughs> I know, and I always think of that song. It just takes me, whenever I hear it, it just takes me back of like them turning on the lights and saying like, go home, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So that, um. Just just to sort of touch on um, Nine Inch now. So was this kind of a time like clubbing, was that like kind of like rock bars and kind of like rock clubs and things like that that you was going to? 
Yeah, well, you, well, you have more of those in the England than we do here, but it was like college bars that had like dance floors and areas to just hang out and drink and whatnot, and always a DJ playing random stuff, some dance stuff, and then we'd throw in like a Van Morrison song in there just for the heck of it or whatever. Yeah. Okay. I, I tell you, have you watched the um the Song Exploder uh documentary about um Nine Inch Nails doing Hurt? No, I've not seen that. That's a good watch. That's a really good watch. They just break the whole thing down of how it was put together and yeah, it's uh it's, it's, it's a weird one, Trent Reznor. I, I get why people think he's like incredible, but the, some of the stuff that Nine Inch Nails has put out, I've, I've kind of struggled with. The first, you know, the first like Pretty Hate Machine, I thought had some great records on it, and then obviously Close is a huge record. But you know, he's gone off on all different sorts of tangents. But watching that and watching him how that was put together, he's a real clever guy, man. Like real clever. It's a good watch that. Yeah, I I'd love to see it. I've I have a lot of respect for him and that what he did back in the nineties. Like I said, he was ahead of his time. And and sort of just on, on the records that you spoke about to this point. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I know I just sort of spoke that uh, I mentioned that, you know, I think that Nevermind was a huge pop record. Where did you think like, you drew, like, for, for if we look at the first Killers record as an example, it's perfect pop. There's so many you know, super infectious melodies and choruses. And like, where do you think them kind of pop sensibilities kind of found their way into your, into your ears and your, your creativity? I think kind of naturally. I mean, me and Brandon and the other guys, uh, we all appreciate the 80s, a lot, a lot of 80s influences, whether it be New Order, Depeche Mode, or all the one-hit wonders of back then. Um. And yeah, there was no shortage of just big choruses in the 80s. And I would argue it's still probably the best era of music, um, not just for style, but because, yeah, great songs and great choruses. And I think people now are, or at least a lot of people are, are maybe afraid almost to go for that. Like, oh, we shouldn't do these big choruses. And it's obviously some people like pop, you know, embrace that. But um I remember when we started, there was a lot of local bands that were almost ashamed that they're like to try that. And it's like, well, I don't know. We're just having fun and we're trying to make this song as 
as good as it can be. And um, we're not the least bit ashamed. That never even entered our brain. Yeah. Track six, I'm going to take you home. Uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home or county or state, whatever, whatever you choose to go for, Dave. I did some research on this because I'm from Iowa. Okay. And, and I wasn't sure who was from Iowa. So I have a few things to talk about. Uh, well, the short answer is the Everly Brothers. They're from Iowa and they're kind of the biggest band. And I, so I chose Love Hurts. Wow, what a record. Yeah. There was others I could have picked that like were born there and moved away, like Andy Williams. Um, and Slipknot is probably the biggest thing to ever come out oh, of Iowa. Of course, of course. Yeah. They, so I have to at least mention them. They're, they're easily, they're bigger than the Everly Brothers at this point. Um, I just not as familiar with their music. Um, Love Hurts is, is a song I'm what I, I've always liked. And I like the Nazareth cover version of it and everything. And, um, so those guys, I have like other guys I know from Iowa too that have good stuff, but I could mention, but the Everly Brothers one would be my pick. Well, I mean, just <clears throat> back to, to, to those early, early years in playing, you know, going to bars and playing in, 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 in bands and such, like what was the sort of scene like back then? <clears throat> well, yeah, when I went up, I was in high school, this is, right around that nineties time where <clears throat> sorry, Nirvana just come out, but I was like, always been a little slower with trends. So there was like still metal bands in the, in the nineties and kind of a mix of new and eighties and, and grunge at the same time was happening. Um, and then there were like indie, there were bands like house of large sizes, that kind of fit in with the whole replacements vibe and pixie vibe and that kind of stuff. They were like big in Eastern Iowa. I remember, um, I, I went to bars all the time to watch music. Usually I would get in for free. I remember in Des Moines, I would, there was a bar I would just walk into usually, and they wouldn't even card me. I think, I can't remember if you had to be 21 or not, but somehow I always got in there. They never cared. I was just there to watch music and go home. I never, never drank one drink, drink or anything. Well, I had to drive and I was, you know, I was like kind of beat there illegally. So I didn't want to take any of those risks, yeah. but I was just there to watch music and uh, saw, saw a lot of cool bands. And uh, I, I could have, I think I probably could have seen Slipknot. I think one time I walk up to the door and Slipknot was playing in their very, very early years. And I just was scared to death. Of, I was like, <laughs> what is that? It was on stage. And I didn't know who they were yet. And they had a pretty, they had a, a following pretty quickly. And they were, uh, you know, they were the rougher metal guys. And so I was shied away. But. <laughs> <laughs> and you, 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 you mentioned obviously that, that you had to kind of, sort of go and, and look to find some some artists from from there. Um, the fact that there wasn't lots and did it feel like if you wanted to be in a band from where you was from, was it achievable that you could make it for want of a better description? Well, achievable to very few, but never stopped me from trying. Yeah. <laughs> I um. I was in bands in high school 
in with the guys from 15 minutes over in the next town. And then in college, I, w- I tried several times to get bands uh, going and it, some of them we played shows and other, and then eventually I moved when I was like 23, I moved to Las Vegas um, because I felt like I had exhausted everything around there. And uh, I wanted to move to the West coast, whether it's LA or Vegas or whatever. Obviously Vegas was an odd choice, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah. It worked out. Okay. Dave. Um, you get to play DJ for this this last track, and I'm going to ask you, please, uh, for a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Yes, I don't think most people would know this one, but it's a guy Emmett Rhodes, um, E M I T T R H O D E S. He uh, he put out a bunch of music in the early '70s. It was like an engineer who made uh i don't know you, you can go on find them on spotify made like 30 40 songs that they came out um not long ago on spotify and they're great stuff they're great stuff back then and then he put out like an additional album i don't know within within the last 10 years say and um there's a song called rainbow ends i chose to be the song that most people wouldn't know i think it's a great song and it's his earlier stuff sounds like Beatles-esque um, just because it kind of fit in with that time. And he was obviously must've liked them, but he's got his own, you know, voice and, and style and it's, uh, it's quality stuff. And uh, just kind of this story of this engineer made this record that not many people know about. Well, what we do is um, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast Dave so people can go and check that out and also check out mm-hmm. all the other songs that you've uh, spoken about today um as we see ourselves kind of in the middle of a year now and with a lot more positivity than where we was last year and and hopefully we're going to find ourselves you know over the coming months being able to reconnect and go to shows and and, and hug our friends and stuff um what are you looking forward to most from 2021 and what's happening professionally well it'll be fun to see a lot of bands um and and hopefully i'll play some shows too you know for my my own thing or the killers or whatever i would love to get out there and play but uh there are so many tours uh canceled that there's going to be a flood of bands to see on a on a small club level and a, and a big arena level so that'll be fun to see see a lot of that and um i'm vaccinated so i'm comfortable so and <sighs> new solo record yeah it comes out june 25th and i'm i'm really happy i got three or four songs already released you can find on apple and spotify and Bandcamp and soundcloud and um I'll probably play some shows too. It's I've, I haven't really thought about that yet. Cause I got to get practiced with my band members and see if what they're up for, but I'm sure at some point I'll play and um, I'm just really happy to get it out. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, and as soon as you can coming back to the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I, I, I'd love to come back. Um, not sure when, M- maybe next year. I don't know, 
but uh, I always have a good time there. Best best crowds probably in the UK. Wonderful, wonderful. Dave, thanks so much for your time today, mate. It's been lovely sure. talking records with you. Sure. Thanks for it was fun for me too. There you go. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Go check out the new records. As he said, some tracks are up on Spotify now. Uh, new album. I'm just trying to think. I'm recording this straight after I've recorded it, so I'll try and tie this release uh, out when the, the, the record comes out as well. So it should be uh, out now to go and listen to if I get my dates right. I think I should. Um, what a lovely gent. Uh, when Ben told me um, that, that, that he could reach out to Dave, he also told me that Dave was a really, really lovely guy. So... Um, he wasn't lying. And so thanks again, mate, for, for doing that. He was, um, it was a delight to, to, to chat to, well, to, you know, everything else aside, I tried not to kind of fanboy out, but you know, how can you not mention some of the most iconic intros of all time and not consider that guitar line at Mr. Brightside, you know, and the, just the, had, you know, them incredible pop songs on, you know, that the, the, the killers have put out. And yeah, but I didn't want to kind of go in heavy there and, and ask him questions that I'm sure he's been asked a million times. So I'll try to keep on the format of the podcast and, and you know, find out more about the creative journey and the influences and, and such. And uh, yeah, and if you've got a fraction of the, the joy listening as I did having that conversation, then uh, we should all be very happy right now. Um, thanks ever so much for listening and supporting this podcast. As mentioned at the beginning, um, please go and uh, check out the back catalogue because there's 300 episodes uh, to get stuck into. And once more, thanks, Ben, ever so much for um, putting that together for me from the uh, Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast. Uh, I'm back next time. Be excellent to each other. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Eat it,